Moncrief on News Talk. Now, while many humans were wooing their partners for Valentine's Day yesterday, you might have heard the call of frogs. Yes, the mating season for the common frog has coincided with Valentine's Day for the last few years, three years, I think. But their mating rituals means that both male and female frogs are more exposed than usual. Colin Ennis is the science officer with the Herpetology Society of Ireland and a zoology researcher, uh, a research associate at Trinity College in Dublin. And he's leading a campaign to help protect the amorous amphibians. Good afternoon, Colin. Good afternoon. How's the form? Very good. So listen, I I don't want to oversimplify this, but is it the case that frogs are all loved up at the moment and because they're so lustful, they're causing themselves dangers because they're looking for love anywhere and not paying attention to cars and people walking on them? Yeah, more or less. I mean, frogs have a traditional migration route back to their breeding ponds for generation upon generation. Now, in in that time, roads have been built between where the frogs will find their food and where they go back to breed. And also roads have gotten a lot busier as uh, in the last 20 to 30 years. Of course, everybody's driving more now and people are, are living in more uh, rural areas. So, yeah, it's kind of um, it's a bit. It's a bit more dangerous than it used to be for the old frogs crossing the road. Right. Now, I'm going to get to all this, but in the background, I can hear bird song. I'm wondering, is that something you just have on your phone because you want to show people how in nature no, no, you are? Are no, you no, actually no, surrounded no, by no, birds? I'm surrounded by birds. I can go inside if you want. No, no, it's, it's, it's a wonderful effect. OK, <laughs> so tell me this. So are you asking people then to be more mindful of frogs, that, that we can find them anywhere and please pay attention because this matters because they need to go and spawn? Yeah, I mean, like at this time of year, if you are driving in a rural area, just to be aware that there is going to be mass migrations happening at the moment. I'm in my garden now. You can probably hear cars going up and down the road outside and there's hundreds uh, of frogs moving across the road at the moment. So we're kind of shifting them before they, they, they rest and end up under the weight of a car. If you're driving at night, particularly at night, in rural areas, just to slow down a little bit. If you're aware of water bodies, bogs, ditches that will contain frogs, pay particular mind to that. Frogs are kind of um, a bit like deer in the fact that if they get uh, startled, they'll kind of freeze in, in, in place. So it makes it easier for you to kind of drive around them as opposed to drive over them if, you, if you're going slow enough. And so are you, are you asking people to like stop and point them in a right direction if they're in the middle of the road or should they lift them up or what's the advice around that? Well, it's not wise to, to kind of hop out your car in the middle of a dark road. But if you're out walking a dog or if you're as a community, if you're aware of a migration spot and people will know, they'll know from generations of where they'll see them moving uh, over the years at this time of year that you can kind of get out with buckets if you want to, or even if you're out walking a dog and you'll see all the frogs kind of moving in the, in the same direction, going towards their breeding pond. Yeah, just just help them across that road. Uh, you can nudge them with your feet if you don't want to uh, pick them up, but you can't pick them up and just plop them in, uh, in the ditch at the side of the road and then they'll be on their way and they can look after themselves from there. Uh, we stumbled across a frog, me and my three kids, about five weeks ago in a pond, on the outskirts of a pond, and they it was almost like they'd seen a king cobra. They were terrified. And I was going, it's a frog, come on. In a lot more aggressive tone than that, I must say. But anyway, and and then my eldest said, but they can give you warts. So can you demystify that? 
Yeah, that's it's actually the opposite. We we we're more likely to pass nasty kind of stuff onto frogs than they are onto us. Uh, the chemicals in our skin, the salt in our skin, can be a little bit of an irritant to them. Now, if it's the choice between a frog on a road getting picked up and being a little bit irritated, uh, and or, or or being left there and squashed, I, I'd go with the. Uh, with the former, like yeah. to, to get them across the road, it's worth it. But you will not get any warts off, uh, off any of our frogs. So don't be worrying. Okay. And in terms of, you mentioned their migratory patterns, it seems so many things are changing in the animal kingdom for all the reasons we're well aware of. Let's just call it climate change. Is anything happening to frogs in terms of here in Ireland because of climate change? Are we seeing more of them because of that? Or is it just we're in the mating season at the moment? It, it's the mating season is has been fairly stable. Um, it, it, it was Valentine's Day the last three years up around here in in Wicklow when they were moving. Now we have records in from the UK uh, and even places in Ireland where it's been two weeks earlier. So it's very much locally dependent. Right. As, as a rule, in general, it does seem that frogs are mating earlier overall. And it also, there's a lot of data coming in that they're not hibernating and this can affect fertility and spawn. So that takes a long time to kind of study properly. You're okay. talking about trend data over 10 years. But anecdotally, what we're seeing is that male frogs need to get really cold in order to be very fertile, to, okay. to make it simple. And what's happening is they're not getting that proper freeze for a, an extended period of time. And then when they do go to breed, uh, there is less fertility in the spawn. Wow. I was going to make some sexist joke about being cold <laughs> and mating, but I wouldn't do that. I'm better than that. <laughs> yeah. And tell me this, in terms of, and, and sorry, you mentioned uh, Valentine's Day three years in a row. I presume this is just a cosmic coincidence. They're not, you know, <laughs> looking at cards and shops and figuring we'll mate during Valentine's Day. <laughs> putting on the Barry White music in yeah. the pond. No, nothing like that. It's <laughs> it's down to it's down to temperature, uh, humidity. You know, uh, uh, it sounds very romantic, but a good moonlit uh, moonlit night will yeah. kind of help them, uh, encourage them as well. There's a lot of factors that kind of have to work in tandem, and that will just set them all off. And it's like it really is for a person like me, and who's into herpetology and and has been. Since I was a kid, you were talking about your kids seeing the, the frogs there. It's always been magic for me to see this sort of stuff. And it's great if you do have a local pond to bring your kids out and, mm. you know, to, to to show them. Because it is, we don't have many, you know, natural wonders in Ireland. We don't have wildebeest, you know, cr- crossing the plains of Mayo. But we <laughs> do have this small little thing with these really endearing creatures that happens every spring. And it really is magic. Um, and we should do our best to kind of help them out as, as much as we can. Absolutely. And tell me this, the, the sound of frogs, like in this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a, a low engine or a moped, someone has described <laughs> yeah. it as. Yeah, I call, that's the male, I call, is it? That's the male, yeah. It does sound like a moped convention when they're all kind of going together. It's like, like all these <laughs> really kind of uh, very distinctive and real sound of spring. Um, so, and, and if you get down, particularly at night now, what happens is at the start of the breeding season, the, the males would be forced into the pond calling the females in. Mm-hmm. And then the spawn arrives. But you get the, the last lads at the disco kind of syndrome with the males because they're kind of, they're hanging around there still hoping that more females will come in. And it, it, it doesn't tend to happen. But then they get so brazen and bold because they're 
desperate to find a mate that you'll see them during the daytime. You can walk up to a pond and they'll they'll literally, if you put your hand in, they'll try and grab onto your your hand because they're just gone crazy for breeding. Now that wow. leaves them open to all sorts of predation. You'll get herons and otters and all sorts of creatures, mammals, foxes and badgers and all will come down and have a munch on the frogs. That's all part of the natural cycle and mm. really important for a lot of animals as a, as a source of nutrition at this time of year. What we don't want to do is add to that by human interaction, i.e. cars um, squishing them on the road because they already are going to get hammered by, and, and perfectly naturally so by, uh, by predators. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating the stuff that goes on beneath our feet and around us that we, we never think about? I never thought of a, you know, a, a loved up frog being prey for a heron or anything like that. And just on that, you, you mentioned, you know, this is what you spend your days at. You're the science officer with the Herbatology Society of Ireland. What, what is herbatology for the uninitiated? I mean myself there. <laughs> Herpetology is the study of uh, reptiles and amphibians. So the cold-blooded creatures of the world. Mm. Uh, so I, it it comes from the, the, the Greek word her, herpes, <laughs> uh, which is anything that crawls, things that crawl. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it kind of a specialist subject. We don't have many herps in Ireland. We have uh, our common uh, frog, which is what we're talking about now. Yeah. We have a natterjack toad down in the Dingle Peninsula and we have smooth newts. And the smooth newts is, are moving at this time of year as well. And the same kind of deal goes for them just to kind of watch out when you're when you're out and about to try and um, help them get back into the breeding ponds. And you spend your days investigating these aforementioned creatures? We do a lot of public outreach. We do a lot of survey work. We try and keep a lot of records of you know, populations, particularly urban populations, we've been watching a pretty drastic drop in numbers over the last year, few years, um, over the last decade. And it's good to keep an eye on them because when you have that data, then you can go back and try and mitigate for whatever issues are causing, uh, you know, the frog populations in public parks to, for example, to, to kind of drop off a cliff. Because it's really important, as I said, frogs are kind of a, and tadpoles are a gateway drug for kids to get into nature. It really is. It's something that kind of has sparked a lot of interest. Sure. In mo- most people I know who are into natural history will will talk about their, their fascination with seeing a tadpole develop. And I think it's, you know, it, it'd be a shame if we denied future uh, generations of kids the the opportunity to go down and observe these wonderful little creatures. Absolutely. Well, well said. And it's nice to hear someone so passionate about the work. You sound like Francis Assisi there with the bird song. So I better let you go <laughs> yeah. back and commune with nature. Collie Ennis, thanks a million. You're very welcome. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.